Welcome to Season 1, Episode 8 of the Echo Corpus Christi Podcast, the podcast featuring Corpus Christi's creators, makers, doers, and builders. Randy Hamlin is our guest on today's episode. Randy and her family lived for a short time in South Texas when she was little, but she grew up in the Hill Country. She moved back during college, and a blind date turned into marriage and now a family. Randy has a creative and entrepreneurial spirit that was inspired by koozies, grew through her first venture, One Fine Day Mercantile, and into her current heritage leather goods business, Indigo Lane. In this episode, Randy shares how a major leap of faith has brought her all the way to a partnership with a major Texas magazine. She also gives us a glimpse into the future of Indigo Lane and a behind-the-scene view into her creative process. Randy and I visited in her shop on her family's property just outside of Corpus. I wish that there was a way to scratch and sniff this episode, because sitting in a shop full of leather is awesome. A special thanks to Amber Lee of Bearded Lady Creative for introducing us. Let's visit with Randy. Well, Randy Hamlin, welcome to the Echo Corpus Christi podcast. It's good to be here. Well, very excited to talk to you today. So usually we start off the, the show asking about the guest's kind of Corpus Christi story. How did you get here? Are you a native? Kind of tell us how you got to Corpus Christi. Okay, so my dad's side of the family is from South Texas, and I lived here briefly as a young girl, and then we moved to the Hill Country. So I was raised primarily up north of San Antonio, in between San Antonio and Austin. And um, my second or third year of college, I decided to come back down south to be closer to my grandparents in Alice, and um, decided to go to school at A&M in Corpus, and was on my last semester there and planning on leaving and I had a, a blind date and I ended up marrying him. Wow. So I'm here and we have two kids and we're here. That's a great reason to yeah. be here for sure. Yeah. Totally unplanned, I guess. Completely unplanned. And how Completely fun did a blind date turn into a great marriage? Yes. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. What a good story. Yeah. So how long have you been back in Corpus? When did it, when did you come back down here to any Corpus Christi? Hmm. Maybe 2003. Okay. Yeah. There's been a lot of changes in Corpus since then. Mm -hmm. Great changes. Big time changes for yes. sure. So I, I'll describe for our audience that so we're out here in your workshop office, which by the way, that the audience can see on your Instagram because you did an Instagram live video today. Oh. Although this is gonna probably come out a few weeks after yeah. the video, but they can go back to <clears throat> your Indigo Lane mm -hmm. uh, Instagram handle and find the video and see where we're sitting. Yes. But I wanna know more about how y'all got out here to this property a little bit outside of Corpus and how long you've been out here and okay so this property has been in my husband's family for generations okay his grandparents on his mother's side bought it right before the great depression and they worked this land before they bought it and had saved all their pennies and um in fact the property that we're on right now was a dairy and their winter garden plot wow so lots of history on my mm -hmm. husband's side here so we have our little three acres and we're surrounded by cousins and great aunts and uncles and in-laws and all of that. So it's a lot of fun. It's, you know, we're close enough to Corpus mm -hmm. and it's a straight shot. So it's not, doesn't feel so far out, even though it is, but we do have a little bit of a sanctuary out here. It feels, um, we can breathe. So are y'all a close knit family or is it kind of the Hatfields and McCoys out here? Uh, close knit, okay. more close knit. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's yeah. great. And, and when did y'all move out to this property? So what, my husband's 42 now. Okay. When he turned 18, his mom gave him this three acres. Okay. So he's had this since then. We built out here in 2008. 
So, but we've been on property since 2006, probably. We got rid of all of our furniture and college goods and moved into an <laughs> RV. Oh, that's so exciting. It was really fun. Yeah. I had dinner parties in the yard awesome. and, you know, it was fun. Mm -hmm. So we've been out here since then. Okay. So did you move into the RV on this property? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we, he was supposed to be finding us a rent house, uh -huh. and he called me at work and said, "Oh man, you've got to come out to the <laughs> I've property." I've got the perfect rent house. <laughs> and I got out here, and he told, he showed me, and I uh -huh. cried mm -hmm. a lot. And then I called my mom, and, <laughs> and she not, cried. Uh, I guess it may be an unexpected <laughs> response for him, but should have been maybe a little forced. I wasn't feeling as adventurous. Happen, right. Yeah. So, anyway, it turned out to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun, and um, so then we built our house and. Mm -hmm. Had two kids. And so the kids came after the RV, not during the RV? Definitely after the RV. Okay. Yeah, that was a hard <laughs> We're going to be out of the RV before we have children kind of yeah. thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. How long so, did you have to stay in the RV? I was there about a year. He was there two. Okay. Yeah. I really couldn't take it for just a whole lot. Do you also have the RV? No. Okay. No, we sold it as soon as we could because I was not convinced once we actually built our house and were in it that he wasn't going to be like, you know, I miss it. And so when it came time and somebody right. wanted to buy it, I was like, yes. That's good yeah. for sure. So y'all been out here a few years. Tell us about when you started Indigo Lane. So Indigo Lane started two years ago, Okay. but it came in a really roundabout way. Um, I started to sew. My son was probably, I don't know, he was an infant or okay. maybe a little bit older than an infant. And I had seen these koozies at a craft show that I really liked and they were $20. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think so. Right. Nope, I'm gonna go home and make my own. So I, I come from a long line of seamstresses, okay. but I never learned to sew a stitch. Really? Not one. And um, I thought I can figure this out. Mm -hmm. My Nana did it, my grandma right. did it, I can do this. And I taught myself to sew. Um, I don't know how to use a pattern or any of that, but okay. I had, another business and it was called one fine day mercantile and i mostly did things out of mexican textiles okay and i really started after a few years of doing that and wholesaling and and it was super busy mm -hmm. after a few years of doing that i really felt led to walk away from it okay and i couldn't understand why sure that's a major change it was and it was scary because i thought man i've really built this mm -hmm. and i just felt um so i pray daily and i pretty in tune with kind of what, what I think the Lord's plan is for mm -hmm. me. And I really felt called to lay it down. And I thought, nah, I don't think so. Yeah. And so then it started getting really hard. The business started getting really hard. Mm -hmm. And then a few things happened that really confirmed, yep, lay it down. So okay. I did. And um, years before, my husband had purchased this gigantic leather sewing machine. Just in case? Or did he No, he just, him and his dad used to do leather work. Okay. And he thought, man it would be so much easier for dad to do leather work if he had a leather sewing machine. Sure. He's never touched the machine. <laughs> so anyhow, we had this machine and I got to tinkering with it one day mm -hmm. and I thought, you know what, I'm gonna try to sew some like leather bags, some simple leather bags. And it was um, a lot of trial and error, but I figured it out mm -hmm. and started sewing. And not really to try to sell it or anything because the quality wasn't that great. And Anyway, once I started getting to the point where I thought, okay, I really can sell this, the name change happened because okay. it needed to not be, it couldn't be one fine day anymore because it was a totally different product, different right. market. So um, at the time I was really into dyeing things with indigo. Okay. Super into it. Mm -hmm. 
Still love it. Love the story behind Indigo, just the whole thing. It was one of the first major cash crops for women in the United States. Okay. And around the world, really, mm -hmm. throughout history. Anyway, um, my middle name is Lane. Okay. My son's middle name is Lane. My husband's business is got Lane in it. So okay. it was like, well, we'll just call it Indigo Lane. It'll be fine. Perfect. And that's how it started. And it's just, you know, I've been blessed with customers mm -hmm. and people who cheer me on. And it's crazy. That's so fun. So it's so just evolved. With the Lane being spelled not like Lane as in a road. Right. Is that the family spelling, or mm -hmm. did, you, did you change yes. it for the business? Okay. No, it's the family spelling. How did it? How did Lane get into the family? Do you know? I have no idea. I don't know. Um, it's. I was the first one, mm -hmm. so I don't know. Um, my grandma's middle name is K. My mother's middle name is K. My in-laws, my mother-in-law's middle name is K, and so is her daughter. So everybody okay. expected that I would be a K and then mm -hmm. I have my daughters as a K. Right. No, it just ended <laughs> up not being that. that. Pattern, so, yeah. yeah. So when you started teaching yourself to sew, sew the coat, the yeah, right. Sorry for being tongue tied there. To sew the koozies, did you continue sewing them and ever market them or did yes. you move quickly I've from? I've sewn okay. thousands of them, okay. thousands of them and wholesale them. Mm -hmm. I was, I had them in stores in five states and awesome. it was great. Mm -hmm. But it was just time to lay it down. And other people have picked up that product okay. and continued with it. And it's kind of cool to see. I don't have any regrets. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I have not had one day of regret for pivoting in my business. Awesome. I felt really free in it. Mm -hmm. Scared a little bit at sure. first. Like, wow, is this dumb? Right. <laughs> I've is got that, the successful thing over is here. Is that dumb Let's stop or doing no? that and do something new. And now, you know, the, my skill level is to a point where I feel confident in my product mm -hmm. and I enjoy it and um, it's not so hard to wrestle down a bag right. and sew it. I can come out here and do it and I'm not, it's good. So, yeah. What is the difference between sewing a koozie and what I might just, pardon my ignorance, but just call regular material versus sewing leather? Okay, so let's look at your bag here. Okay. All right, so you've got... Seams, you know, mm -hmm. right here you have piping, but you know, okay. you have seams, everything's tucked in. Right. If the leather's too thick, you're not tucking. Okay. I do a lot it's of not so malleable. overlaying. Okay. You have to really pay attention to the nature of the leather because it is somebody's, it's a cow's skin. Right. You know, it's, it's not all consistent. <laughs> it's not from a factory. Right. It's, you know, so you have to pay attention to um, the thicknesses and the textures and different things to be able to sit down and make it and that's why whenever I do sew a bag or if I'm going to wholesale it so I've got to do multiples of, okay. of a certain type I make darn sure I've got enough leather to do it because I don't want to have to scrounge and maybe this leather is too thin or too mm -hmm. thick or it won't hold or whatever. So does leather have different grains to it in other words if, yes. you, if you cut a section from one piece of the same mm -hmm. hide you have to make sure it lines up with the rest of it? No it doesn't really have a grain in that sense like okay. fabric but you know when you get your hide at the tannery, they try to make it an even thickness. Okay. But, you know, like around the shoulders, it's going to be sure. thicker. It's going to be different. So you can't, you know, let's say for one project, one bag, I could probably obviously get a bag out of one hide. Okay. But I'm going to have to use those thicker parts on the outside for other things. Okay. It's not going to do what I want it to do. 
So. So those won't work for the bag, but you might make a belt or something out of it, or you use it for yeah, like smaller or parts use of it, the bag. Yeah, I use it for smaller parts of the bag. Okay. Yeah, and I'm, I'm completely self-taught. So I'm sure if if a really great leather worker walked in here, they would be like, "What is she doing?" Mm -hmm. But at some point, I just had to get over that. This is how sure. I make them. This is what I do. This is what I can do. So. So where did you learn? Where did you go to learn how to make the leather bags? I cut up my own purses. Okay. And just made patterns and realized quickly that I had I couldn't. So like you would regular fabric, I'd have to overlay. Mm -hmm. I discovered double-sided tape because you can't pin leather. Okay. So I would tape it all down mm -hmm. and run it through a machine. Wow. Um, I've made a lot of ugly bags. <laughs> There's a lot of time <laughs> to practice for sure. So with the, um, I'll describe the <clears throat> leather sewing machine. It looks like about three times the size of what your grandmother might have had oh, sure. on, her, yeah. on her desk at home. Is that because leather requires a heavier duty needle or it just requires more force? Why so, do you, what is kind of the actual There's a couple difference? of reasons. There's a couple. That particular machine is designed to sew saddles. Okay. So it can sew your hands together. Mm. You can go that thick. Okay. Um, it's too big of a machine for what I do okay. now, which is why you see it pushed off to the side. Okay. But we'll never get rid of it. Right. Because. Well, you may sew a saddle someday. Who knows? Right. So this one over here is smaller, okay. quite a bit smaller. And you do need the thicker needle. You need the power mm -hmm. in the head of the machine. Okay. And the feed dogs under pull it. Feed dogs are what? You have room to walk over there do if I? you want to. Okay. Sure. Got it. This is... Got it? Yeah. We're good. You see this under here? Yes. You feel that? The ridges? Okay. That is... The feed dogs. Okay. So it will p literally pull, and this uh, foot right here is a mm -hmm. walking foot. So what happens is it it literally picks up and walks okay. as the feed dogs are pulling through. Your normal sewing, like these sewing machines, yeah. they have that, but for cotton. For, for tiny little thread yeah. and little needles. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. So my mother sews. She has a home ec degree, which I don't even know if they do that anymore, but she has a home ec degree, so she's sewn, so I've kind of been around it. Okay. My grandmother and my dad's mom also was a home ec major. They actually got their degrees from the same college. Yeah, they should come and teach me how to use a pattern. Well, they, <laughs> she definitely knows how to use a pattern. I've cut patterns myself. I'm not obviously not a pattern maker, but it is a fascinating, um, fascinating concept to go from regular cotton or some other really yes. thin and consistent material to something like leather, which is really... It is variable, even in the same hide, like you were mentioning a moment ago. Right. What do you think is is something um, that makes working with leather for you so enjoyable? Well, I don't enjoy tedious work. Okay. Which, when you don't work with leather, when you work with cotton or something of that, on that along those lines, it's tedious. Mm -hmm. You've got to iron it down. You have to interface. I I would not like to do that for a living. Okay. Um, leather is, um, I don't like to do things over and over. Mm -hmm. Leather is you make it once and it's good to go. Okay. You may have to do a repair here and there over the years, but it's going to last. I love that. Love that. I don't like our throwaway culture. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea of working with something that people will feel is valuable enough to keep around for a long time. Um, give it to their kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I... I like the authentic quality of leather. 
There's no two hides the same. Mm -hmm. Obviously very aware that it came from an animal. And growing up in the way that I did, I have so much respect mm -hmm. for livestock and for, for those that raise them. And, you know, if a cow is going to go to get processed, let's use the hide. Mm -hmm. There will never be a cow that's processed for its hide. Right. It'll be all the other things. Sure. So, you know, and in a way, and I may get slammed for this, but in a way, I feel like when you buy a leather product, it's more green. Mm -hmm. It is because it's not in a factory producing crazy chemicals and getting all the excess getting thrown away right, and all the, right. all the things that go into making stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So I noticed some cows when I drove in. I'm assuming those are not the cows from no. which you get your leather. Where do you source your leather? I get it from Tandy here in town. I have a wonderful relationship with the staff there. Okay. They're super helpful and I love going in there, visiting with them. I love mm -hmm. visiting with the other customers. And my favorite is seeing these crusty old men in there. And I just walk right up to them and say, mm -hmm. hey, what you making? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, that's and right. I've, What's on your machine? I've learned a lot mm -hmm. from doing that. And, you know, we homeschool. So my kids are always with me. And they go in there and tool and do all kinds of things. And they talk to people. They go up, what are you doing? And it's just a really cool community. Mm -hmm. I love it enjoy it a lot. That's really exciting. Mm -hmm. So what was the first bag you made after you deconstructed your own? Did you make an exact replica? No. Okay. I did not because I couldn't. Okay. I tried and I just couldn't and I thought, okay. So the first bag I ever made is right over there hanging on the wall. Awesome. And I was going to uh, Las Vegas with a girlfriend of mine for their wholesale market. Okay. And I was had just kind of really decided like, okay, I'm really going to do this for a business. And she was going to buy for her store. And I thought, well, I'm going to go and check it out. See mm -hmm. what we've, what's out there. And, um, I didn't have a bag okay. and I wanted to carry my laptop and some other stuff on the flight. Mm -hmm. So I made that the night before. <laughs> and Necessity I really just, is the, what is it? What do they say about necessity? It's the mother of invention or something. Yeah. yeah. And it's become my signature bag. Mm -hmm. I use better leather. Now I used really cheap leather because I just knew it wasn't going to work. I use better leather now, but that's my classic bag and little spoiler alert. It hasn't been like announced yet, but Texas highways magazine picked up this line. No way. Yes. Oh, that's super and exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. It's like such a cool, yeah. crazy, like out of nowhere blessing, mm -hmm. but they ordered those. Really? Yeah. The original bags. The original How bags. Fun. And I, it was like really just neat mm -hmm. to have them order that. Well, let's talk about the story then that got you from the original bag. I need a laptop bag to get mm -hmm. me on an airplane to being picked up by Texas highways. When you first started Indigo Lane, how were you finding customers? Were you doing just custom orders or did you have somewhat, I, I, it's probably not fair to call it mass produced because it's you producing, mm -hmm. but did you have, I'm gonna make this series of bag, five of these, seven of these and try to sell them? No, with my previous business, I hustled a lot okay. and I paid a lot of attention to my customers and what they would want mm -hmm. and hunted down wholesale clients and I, I made, cause I knew, I knew exactly what they would want based on their Instagram feed and I would make it okay. and they would love it. And that became exhausting. Sure. sure. So with Indigo Lane, it's just been a lot more organic. Okay. I've just made what I like. And if custom orders come my way and I think I can do it, even if it's a stretch, mm -hmm. I'll do it. Okay. And I'll tell people like, Hey, 
it, it's probably going to take me three months okay. or whatever it's going to be just because I have to think about it mm -hmm. a lot of times because I'm not sure how to invert the pattern and I've taken on a lot of custom orders that have given me a lot of headaches but I have done every single one of them to learn because I wouldn't sit here myself and just mm -hmm. go oh I think I'm going to do this right right so let it be a custom and it has to be right and so the first few years that's what I was doing okay taking on every custom order I could get just to learn to see what I could do mm -hmm. now um, in January my husband and I sat down first part of January and said all right let's try to push this okay. wholesale because traveling for retail is hard sure I homeschool both my kids right. and they're little and and I like being home mm -hmm. so the way I can be home is if I can wholesale it's you know it's just a better deal right. so we talked about it, committed to it, mm -hmm. this is the year for that. And I'm telling you, within three days, I started getting calls and I hadn't even put it out there Randy, yet. that's incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, the day that we finally, I got my line sheets together, this is happening, that was probably in March, was when I talked to, to the contact there. Okay. And I had known her in the past with my other business. Okay. And, you know, let her know, yeah, we're wholesaling. And so. Well, what an exciting day yeah. for sure. Walk us through the process of making a bag from, I'll just say conception, from your design or your customer's design mm -hmm. to the bag walking out the door as a finished product. Okay, so I'll sketch. Okay. I'll sketch. Um, got my sketchbook here, some, right there. Okay. Got my sketchbook there. And like this particular bag, it's going to be a backpack. This, mm -hmm. is, this is a backpack I'm going to base it off of. It won't be exact, but. Is that the one that was in your video? Mm -hmm. This morning, okay. Mm -hmm. So I'll sketch it out and try to get measurements and just sit with it because you've got to think about, okay, well, what needs to be done first with each piece because then you go back and if, it's, if you haven't done it correctly in the right order, you junk, you just junk it. Okay. It doesn't work. So the sketching, mm -hmm. then the cutting, then the placing. Okay. And if it ends up being a bag that I think, okay, well, I'm going to do this a few more times. I get plexiglass and my husband will take my paper pattern okay. and cut cut it out of plexiglass for me. And then I have my pattern and okay. so it's cutting and mm -hmm. assembling and taping and sewing. <laughs> <laughs> and do you, I know with your children at home, are they little helpers for you or do you have to do each and every step by yourself? So they are not helpers in that way. Okay. My daughter is more of a helper than my son. She's nine and a half and okay. she's much, she, her attention span is better. Um, <laughs> well, she's also a she and that helps with the attention It helps tremendously yes. and she, but she comes in here and she tools leather and does her okay. own stuff. I have hired help. Okay. And her name is Randy as well. How this has happened, I don't well, know. that's amazing. Anyway, she's a like just rock star Okay. and I can hand her hides. She came by last week. I handed her five hides and a pattern and was like, hey, mm -hmm. please. <laughs> and she did. Wow. And it works awesome. out great. Mm -hmm. And, um, so with her cutting and then me sewing, it works out well. Well, that's really handy for sure. For sure. Handy to have another Randy. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a dad. I'm allowed to make jokes like that. So once you get a pattern in mind and you decide to start making it, where do you, do you already have a, an end buyer in mind? In other words, from the wholesale perspective, are you thinking, hey, this bag is going to go really well with this particular retailer or is it more of a I just think that there's a general market for this I'm not there yet okay. right now I've got a lookbook together that says hey I think there's a general market for this okay and based on 
what comes from that will alter one way or the other. Um, I don't make in advance mm-hmm. the order that I make. Okay. Because leather is expensive. Right. And I don't want to be wasteful. You know, I just want to be really on top of the fact that it's a hide. Mm-hmm. You know? That's right. You just don't want to be right. wasteful. Is it difficult to store hides? Do they have to be stored in some sort of an environment that protects them? Or do they, in other words, do they dry out? You know, again, I'm self-taught. Okay. I'm sure there are all <laughs> sorts of amazing, fancy things right. you're supposed to be doing with hides. A fire for your hides. But yeah. as you can see behind you, they're rolled and stacked. Perfect. That's, you know, they're not on the ground. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. Off the ground is nice. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, you know, if you're still able to work with it after you've stored it for a bit, I assume that means it was stored properly. Yeah, I haven't so had a rotten hide. Right. I don't know. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so once you have found um, the the Texas Highways opportunity, even though it hasn't been announced yet, is that something you've been able to use as a, I'll say, a selling tool or a selling point for other wholesalers? No, I haven't done that yet because it hasn't been released yet. Okay. But what I have used that information, that order for, has been kind of confirmation that I'm on mm-hmm. the right track. I don't need to sell a bag to everybody. I don't need to build an empire as you hear people talking right. about these days. That's not my goal, it's not my desire. Um, I want people to contribute mm-hmm. to our family. I love collaboration, I love having Randy in here, I love working with Amberly at Bearded Lady. Mm-hmm. And we've just hired another girl to come help out and just with other tasks, shipping, things like that. The community that comes with this business, not just with me, but mm-hmm. with my family, is why I enjoy this. So as much as I love the, um, the excitement of the mm-hmm. Texas Highways thing, I just kind of am sitting back going, okay, I'm gonna work hard. Whatever God brings my way, I'm gonna work hard to complete that. And then whatever comes next, we'll just work hard to complete that. Right, just take the next right step. I'm just not gonna hustle for mm-hmm. it like I did in the past. It was a, I learned a lot, so. I don't know if that answers your question. Oh, certainly, for sure. So what do you see for the future of Indigo Lane? Do you see expanding beyond bags into, or bigger bags or different kinds of products? So we're working on luggage. Okay. Working on luggage, working on um, laptop sleeves and stuff like that. Um, I've got to get another sewer. Okay. We are going to expand this office. It'll be double. Oh, wow. That way. That'd be great. So by the end of the summer. Okay. Um, and we've got a couple other things up our sleeve, but it'll mm-hmm. be more of, more along the lines of not just bags, but kind of a, not to sound pretentious, but a lifestyle sure. brand. My husband is really talented, and he wants to get involved and do some things. And we travel a lot and do a lot of neat things mm-hmm. that we can incorporate into the business that I don't usually share just because it's not a bag. Right. So I guess that would be, as an answer to your question, that would be long-term. What's the furthest away you've had an order or sold a bag? Mm. Gosh, I don't know. Not out of the country. Okay. Maybe Colorado. Okay. Yeah. To an individual or to, Mm -hmm. uh, okay. Mm -hmm. To an individual. Talk about the process of, I think it's probably what you were calling tooling earlier, but again, I'm ignorant when it comes to leather work the designs on the bag, the studs and the other stuff that ah. goes on them. I don't know what that's called, so you can probably tell us what that's called. And then how do you, how do you do that kind of work? Do you have like a special tool or Mm -hmm. sets of tools that allow you to Mm -hmm. like punch things through the leather Mm -hmm. and whatnot? 
So tooling is the process of like when you see old school belts or bags with the awesome flowers on okay. it and stuff like that. You like the name George on the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That sort of thing, and it's amazing. Mm. I have zip talent for that. Okay. My nine-year-old is a rock star at it. <laughs> it's I, handy to have her there. I can't do it. I won't right. do it. It's terrible. If that's what you want, I will refer you to amazing people. So the studs, I have a machine that I can just crank it out. Okay. And, and as far as the fabric goes, I just love fabric. I love vintage mm -hmm. fabrics, and that stuff is awesome. I love it. I put it on everything. It's not for everybody. I have customers that don't like it at all. Okay. They just like the straight up. Just give me the straight leather. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so I sew that on. Where do you find your fabrics? Do you have a special kind of go-to vintage store for the vintage fabrics? Or is it just, hey, that looks like a really cool old shirt. And I'm going to grab it and cut it up. And put uh, it, it just depends. Okay. It depends. You know, if, if we're in a cool vintage shop, yes, I'll always look. I've got some fabric that I've had for about five years, maybe longer, that I'm just now willing to use. And it was from uh, Renaissance Antiques okay. in Corpus. And um, it was like four yards of this fabric. For five dollars. Oh wow! And I bought it, and mm. my husband's like, "Super, what are you gonna do with it?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm gonna hoard it until I find <laughs> right. something." To do. And any of my, anybody listening that mm. loves fabric is throwing a hand in the air right you now because that's what you do. You for hoard sure. it until you find something to do with it. There will be a use for it. I just don't know what it is yet. Yes, for sure. It's been waiting all this time. I, I live with one of those, and it's amazing the way that the creative brain works, mm -hmm. where y'all can have a vision for something, even though it, it isn't necessarily clear what it is, but right. knowing, hey, that's going to be totally usable on something really cool right. in the future. I'm just not sure exactly what that is yet, but my eye and my mind right. says, that's a cool thing, and I'm going to grab it. Right. My wife's an interior designer, and so, so that kind of, the same thing kind of happens. Like, that's a really cool old whatever, yep. and I have no idea how it's going to fit in yet. Like, that's a really neat old bowling ball bag. I'm going to yes. grab that from this vintage store, and yes. suddenly it's going to become a cool flower pot or whatever. Right, right. completely. I, I admire that because I have zero creative ability whatsoever. So it's really fun to watch those kinds mm -hmm. of visions come to fruition. Do you have a kind of a goal in mind for Indigo Lane? Like, I want it to be a brick and mortar store i want it to be a mega online brand business or i'm just going to keep taking the next right steps i know i happens. don't want a brick and mortar okay certainly don't want that um but now that you've said it in two years you're probably gonna no. have one just nope <laughs> no i like to travel too much okay. to do that yeah and so i know Those that anchors that would not be in my future i really just you know I wasn't that great in school. I wasn't talented in a lot of things. I was terrible at sports. I played sports, but I was wretched at it. There's a lot of things in this life that I'm not good at. And, okay. you know, when I turned 18, you go to college and you go, what are you going to be? And I'm right. like, I do not know. Sure. I, I, have, I don't know. And this business makes me feel like, okay, I can sustain this mm -hmm. for the duration and have something that I'm proud of, uh, something that not only blesses my family, families that are involved mm -hmm. and when I do get to get out and about and visit with my customers hopefully it blesses them just to be a good solid company that's mm -hmm. a good neighbor and a good contributor to society and like I said I don't need to I don't need to make a million dollars just something that allows me to stay home with my kids do this and you know do you think about it in terms, since your bags themselves are heirlooms, right? They can mm -hmm. be handed down generation to generation. Do you have that same forethought? I really would love for one or both of my kids to have this business as a business that I can hand down to them. 
I know that they're young, so that's yeah, yeah. probably a long time to think about. But since you're in yes. kind of the business of these, I'm making things that last for yes. generations. Yes. Do you have the same aspirations for the business so, itself? So, yes, to answer your question, but maybe not in this version. Okay. Um, my husband is self-employed, and, and obviously I am too. Mm -hmm. And because we homeschool and where we live and how we live and the things that we are able to go and do, I, what I want to leave to them may not be Indigo Lane, but leave them the spirit of, I can do this. Mm -hmm. I can totally be, be self-sustaining. I can use my God-given talents to do this. Now, if they want to grow up and go work in a bank, super. But I don't want to hem them in. Mm -hmm. Just kind of give them the idea of, like, you can have freedom. Have this freedom to do these things, to be creative with your hands and your mind and you know, just open doors for them. Mm -hmm. That's, that would be what I would want to leave to them. That's a very powerful legacy to leave for mm -hmm. sure. Talk about, have you done kind of local markets with your business and what is the local reception here in Corpus been to Indigo Lane? So I've done two. Okay. I did the West market mm -hmm. in December Okay. and I'm awesome. a member of West, which is the Women's Entrepreneur Society, which is a really cool group of it ladies. It's an amazing organization. Yeah, it's really neat. And then I did um, Loca for Local. Awesome. Yes. Mm -hmm. With Elena Flores, sure. so bonita, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I really underestimated Corpus. I'll be honest with you, because my prices are high. Mm -hmm. There's no two ways about that; they're high. And I just thought, man, they're really not going to go for this. <laughs> I'm going to stand there and smile and just like love right. meeting people because I love that. Buy something or don't. I, I just love meeting people. But Corpus came out, and I, you know, to put it to com compare it, I did a show in Dallas mm -hmm. recently and. Corpus came out better than Dallas. I wow. will be honest. And, you know, for somebody who's not from here, this this business in particular has given me a seat at the table mm -hmm. in Corpus. And it's been really nice to have the community. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people get surprised. I know I certainly did. We've been here almost four years now. And I grew up close enough by to know Corpus well to come down here for fishing and so mm -hmm. forth. But I've been thoroughly impressed with the way that Corpus folks tend to rally around those that are willing to take some risks in the mm -hmm. Corpus area and say, hey, For I'm sure. going to plant my flag and I'm going to try this out. Mm -hmm. It's exciting to hear you've had the same experience. Yeah. Uh, are there certain ways that you hope to be able to give back to Corpus? I mean, do you maybe teach a class in how to work with leather or to mm -hmm. find a particular nonprofit that yes. you get involved with? So I have anybody that's been involved in my business in the past year has heard me talk about this. And if anybody has any suggestions, <laughs> um, I do want to partner with a nonprofit. Okay. I don't know what it would be. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it would be yet. You know, so there's a lot of things that I think, well, you know, maybe this group could use the help or maybe mm -hmm. this group or whatever. There just hasn't been one yet that has been, yes, that's, that's where I'm going with this. So, I'm open to suggestions. You bet. Well, maybe we'll get some. Yeah. What about other collaborations? Have you found other local creatives that you yeah. think, man, it'd be great to work with so-and-so or so-and-so? Yes. So you don't necessarily have to name them, but do you have any kind of, mm -hmm. and you're welcome to name them if you want yeah. to. Uh, I love it. Okay. I love collaborations. Mm -hmm. um, I've got one coming up with Moonlight Woven. Awesome. And the only reason it hasn't happened yet is because we're both crazy people. We're busy, busy, busy. <laughs> In fact, we just messaged this morning. We're like, how, how about July? Right, right. <laughs> Let's look 60 days out, out or yeah. 90 days out. Wow. Yeah. That's um, good, there have been other collaborations mm -hmm. that I've done, and I, I'm always super enriched by collaboration. 
love it. I love the energy of working with somebody else mm -hmm. and kind of seeing where their mind goes. Maybe mine doesn't go there, but I sure appreciate seeing somebody else's process. You bet. Yeah. So is there something coming up in Corpus that you're excited about or something that your family really enjoys? It's kind of the Hamlin family tradition. Hmm. I mean, we love being home. Right. <laughs> if we're not on the road, we just kind of <laughs> like being home. But um, I am excited about downtown. Mm -hmm. When I first moved to Corpus, I loved downtown. It was super sketchy. But right. I was like, man, you can just almost see how this once was. Yes. And, uh, and now it's coming to life mm -hmm. again. And those pink benches downtown make me so happy. <laughs> they are fun. They are uh, really fun. Yes. So downtown, I would say downtown and just a lot of the small businesses mm -hmm. coming up. Uh, you know, when I moved here years ago, that was not the case. Right. Right. It was not the case. There's an energy happening here that um, I could not have foreseen even five years ago. It is fun to get to see. Yeah. Well, thank you yeah. for taking time to come on the podcast. Thanks really for coming it. all the way out here. Oh, my, my great pleasure for sure. I'm glad to get to visit. Randy's creative and entrepreneurial spirit is spreading Indigo Lane beyond Corpus Christi. Since we recorded, she has participated in two successful markets in Dallas and will be co-hosting a special event at the Wander Inn in Roundtop this coming weekend, June 21st through 23rd of 2019. It's very exciting to watch a homegrown brand take off, and that's what we get to do with Indigo Lane. Be sure to follow Randy on Instagram at indigo.lane.co, and Lane is spelled L-A-I-N-E. Please also follow Amberly Alley from Bearded Lady at Bearded Lady Creative on Instagram, and don't forget to follow us on Instagram too at Echocorpus. A special thank you to our infrastructure partners, the Sound Guys. Clint Tucker Homes, and Sawyer Audiology, and thank you for taking time to listen.